Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Just so proud of our, you know, everyone, the whole organization, you know, our coaches have put in so much work and effort getting us this point and um, preparing us every day. And, um, just done an amazing job and uh you know guys really come together it's a really unique team i would never regret it never um no complaints no regrets um man i i've always tried to play this game um with a great respect and a great reverence for it and i mean i i i appreciate all that this game has has given to me. The two quarterbacks with a combined age of 85 who squared off last night, both up well past their bedtimes for the victory by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the New Orleans Saints. The Buccaneers advance to the NFC Championship game. And Chris, I don't know who to say more about between Brady and Breeze. Let me just say this about Brady. It dawned on me last night. Since 2011, he's played in the conference championship of his conference every year except one, 2019. That's a 90% success rate of getting to the conference championship round, something the Dallas Cowboys haven't done since the 1995 season. Five years before Tom Brady even entered the league, he has made it to nine of the last 10 final fours in the NFL. That, to me, is one of the most incredible accomplishments in any sport that I can recall. Uh, it, it really is. Good morning. I mean, it, it's un, unreal, really. I mean, that, like you just said there, you know, like you said, 14 years of conference championship games. Like, are, are you kidding me? We got great all-time Hall of Famers who have had 14-year careers with one or two conference championship games. And really only three or four playoff appearances in general, let alone to have a whole career's worth of conference championship games. I mean, that that's just to me is it's amazing. Uh, it, it just tells you what he is. A lot of credit to the Buccaneers and what they did this year. I mean, it was not easy with Tom Brady coming to town, all of that. It's amazing. And Brady is amazing. We've never seen anybody as consistently this good for this long ever in the sport. I know I don't say he's the greatest quarterback ever, but for that argument right there, I've never seen anybody play at this high of a level for this long. That's not even close. I'll certainly give him that for sure. When it was 20 to 20 in the second half and you could begin to feel the weight. Oh yeah. You felt it of the game, right? Saints were saints. You could feel that everything got real, real tight for the saints. And, and that's when it doesn't get tight for a guy who yeah. has been there. Right. Who has 43 now postseason games in his career. Think about that. He's closing in on three full seasons just of playoff games. So 
when it's all coming to that, and it reminds me of the old Bill Parcells line when he's trying to get the Giants going, yelling, this is why you do all that work, this is why you lift all that weight. Everything you do, everything you do all year long, every day of getting up at 5 a.m. or earlier than that to show up to the facility so you're there before anyone else and all that crap that he eats that I'm sure you eventually acquire a taste for it, but it probably takes a while. And all the hydration, everything he does – to apply ability and all that, it all comes down to that hour and change where the season's riding on it. And that's why in that setting, I'll take him over anybody else, anybody else. Now, Patrick Mahomes has that kind of like loose quality where he's not affected in that moment. But Brady has that hardened, steely, and it, and it, what we saw last night, it infects the rest of the team because what happened? The defense provided the spark. The defense started to clamp down on the Saints. The defense, after giving up the touchdown to start the third quarter that made it 20-13, to 13, the defense put the clamps on the Saints, and I think that is a direct result of having Tom Brady on your sideline. Well, I mean, all of it is. I mean, it, it just, you know, like we've always talked from the start, he's a guy that gives the organization confidence you know, right from the get-go. So there's a belief that they can win any football game. And then, you know, I think what you're speaking to and that confidence that we feel with him, he's just, like, got the greatest risk-reward governor in the history of football, basically, where you just feel like, man, in those moments when the game is tight or they're down by just a little or up by a little, you know, he has the way to be aggressive and still, oh, man, we got to worry about everything but not like crazy to where he's going to throw the ball into second, you know, double or triple coverage or anything like that. He will, you know, take the underneath route and do the smart thing, but he's not going to turn down the big plays. And I think that's where he's so dangerous. And, you know, again, last night, really the game last night was the stories, Brady. I know that the NFC championship, all that to me, the story of the game is the Buccaneers, a little what you just said, the physicality, and more than anything, no risk it, no biscuit. Bruce Arians, they ran the ball like that. That was the key to the game. They played a game that they felt like it might not be pretty. I don't like coaching it this way, but this is our best chance to win this game. And to me, that's something I haven't seen Bruce Arians do throughout his whole career. He wasn't always willing to sacrifice deep throws and deep bombs and things like that. Phenomenal game plan. And then, of course, you got Brady, who's the all-time commander and orchestrating that, that game plan. The split came down to 35 rushing attempts, 33 passes. Now there were some bounds in there as well. Tom Brady ended up with five attempts. Most of those were dropping to a knee. But still, Leonard Fournette, who got the start, and... I just didn't think we were going to see Ronald Jones. And then we see Ronald Jones in the second half, and yeah. he gave that offense the spark, spark that it needed. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and, and, and he had the long run that was nullified by a holding penalty in the right. second half, and he seemed to aggravate his injured quad. And I thought, that's it. We're not going to see him again. And it's a shame that happened to the Buccaneers. The play gets wiped out. He comes back. I mean, again, this is that reservoir of your whole season comes down to this. And when you have a guy – whose entire career has been made on your whole season comes down to this, you get swept up in that too. I really do think that is the tangible and intangible value of having 12 on your sideline who's been there, who's done it, and you want to rise to the moment with a guy who you know rises to the moment every time almost except last year against the Titans well, in the wild card round, who right. rises Come to on. the moment. Yeah. Oh, he didn't have anybody around him. Exactly. He didn't have anybody around him. Right. But no. he has, he's got plenty of guys around him. And that defense, when they – look, Antoine Winfield Jr., he had the, the opportunity at the interception, and what's he do? He rips the ball out from Jared Cook. Devin White recovers it and returns it. That was the spark to tie the game up, and then the defense didn't look back from there. Devin White, if he plays what? like he played in what? the second half Holy for the rest of the cow. postseason – they're winning the Super Bowl, Chris. He was If everywhere. he can play like that for, for eight more quarters, they're winning the Super Bowl. Well, it, you know, their defense, of course, does deserve a lot of credit. I mean, yeah, we hit the offense, Bruce Arians, all that stuff. But, you know, the defense, yeah, Saints moved the ball on them a little bit. Okay, Alvin Kamara had a few nice runs and all that. But as the game settled in, 
And once they got a feel for like, okay, the Saints, all right, this is how they're going to attack us. All right, we got our feet underneath us. The nerves are done. I mean, they got right in the face of the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints were, you know, incapable of really making a big play or doing anything. You know, they had nothing to back up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is, you know, honestly, this is a common theme we've talked about with the Saints at the end of every year. It's the same type of thing. But, yes, Devin White, Antoine Winfield, those guys not having to back up, making plays, constantly coming downhill, playing aggressive. Uh, the defense was was phenomenal. Of course, the turnovers were the key to the football game and the fact that they did that. You don't ever see Drew Brees and Sean Payton turn the ball over that way, especially in these kind of moments. And it was uh, it was bad. It was a bad look yesterday, that's for sure. We got some sound to listen to. Since you mentioned Drew Brees and Sean Payton regarding the turnovers, let's shift to that because the turnovers were a huge factor. Three interceptions from Drew Brees. His first three-interception game since 2016, Chris, the last of three years where they didn't make the playoffs. Right. They made the playoffs four straight times for the first time in franchise history, and they exit for the fourth straight time. Here's Drew Brees and Sean Payton after the game regarding the turnovers from Brees. Unfortunately, you know, those type of things in a game like this uh, end up being being the difference. And, um, you know, they scored three touchdowns off of our first three turnovers and – just tough to win a game, uh, you know, against a good team like that. When when you do that, I'd say it's pretty uncharacteristic, because we all we, we preach, you know, playing winning football, and you turn the ball over uh, four times, um, so you're minus four total in the turnover uh, ratio. Then that's that's not winning football, especially in the playoffs, especially against a team like that. And it wasn't just Breeze, it was the Jared Cook fumble, and that was the spark that gave the Buccaneers the opportunity to tie the game. Because after the the Saints went up 20-13, to 13, the Buccaneers punted. It was that drive when the Saints got it back where the Buccaneers' defense oh. woke up and Antoine was the game made that play. The yeah. game. You, you feel like that, it's 20-13, to 13 and the Bucs, you know, as much as we just sang their praises for running the football, we're not a machine on the offensive side of the ball. So... You're going 20 to 13, and really the Bucks' only scoring drive came off the first interception, which was the three-yard pass. And you're going, man, they go down two scores. I don't know if this Bucks team's going to be able to drive down two times and score a touchdown on this Bucks uh, Saints defense. So I mean, that really we, the interception's bad, but the Saints are on the way to go up two scores, maybe kick a field goal, maybe score, go up two touchdowns and really put the Bucks in a tough, tough spot. I mean, that was maybe the play of the playoffs to this point, as far as a, one guy saving their team. And the game was never the, uh, never the same after that, Mike. You're exactly right. Changed the game. Bucks never looked back, never felt like the Saints ever regained momentum or were really even a threat to win the game after that play. Three touchdowns for the Buccaneers. Covered 63 yards That's crazy after those right. turnovers. It's, right. it's a lot easier to score touchdowns when you don't have to go very far. How about this, too? We mentioned Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones with 30 carries. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski had one catch each for the game. Now, Brown was injured. The Fox broadcast showed right. him favoring a leg in the first half. We didn't see him much in the second half, if at all. Evans had the three-yard touchdown on Marshawn Lattimore, but he otherwise was taken away. And Rob Gronkowski had a catch down near the goal line near the end of the game. But, you know, there was a throw to Gronk in the end zone at one point. He just lumbers. He still has not regained the explosion that he used to have. And he now says he wants to play one more year. As long as he knows his role, then he's going to be a year older and he's going to have even less of that that burst that we used to see. He's, he's kind of just like a blocker now that that every once in a while does something in the passing game, a far cry from what he used to be. But but he you know, he, he made co contributions in the blocking department yeah. yesterday, and it helps open up that running game when they stick to it, and they did stick to it. Okay, Bruce Arians, Devin White. Right. Let's hear from them because okay. in, in victory, there's still a little saltiness from the Buccaneers. I mean, we had to look ourselves in the mirror, and, you know, we just had to challenge ourselves on who we wanted to be. You know, everybody always asks what was our identity. And, you know, we didn't have an answer. But Coach B.A., he had an answer. He said, we 
who are going to find a way to win the game. <laughs> and that was the best thing that I ever heard. Yeah, it was just a different football team than that week. Try to tell everybody that nobody wants to believe it. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, this is what we're capable of playing. Defensively, uh, we've had some some rough spots at times, but we've had some really, really good times. And uh, this is one of the best times. Can't tell if Arians has a cut on his nose or he's pulled out the old breathe the right. Breathe stretch. right, just Remember get a little. Things? Yeah, he might be. He might be oh, like that oh. damn mask. Is, it's really claustrophobic <laughs> in there. I need a little extra air. Let me get a breathe right on there. <laughs> Opening up the nasal passages. My God, everybody wore those things for a period of time in the nineties. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, look, the Buccaneers. Yeah. The Buccaneers had potential all year long. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Yes, back you in did. September. So, right. So I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride that. I'll already tell you, I'm picking them to win this weekend. I can't abandon the horse now, just like you can't abandon the Chiefs now against your boy Blue. No, nope. you picked them to win the Super Bowl. You can't get off that horse, even if they don't have Patrick Mahomes. You're locked in. <laughs> we'll talk about that game coming up, obviously. But look, this is exactly what the Buccaneers wanted to do. They did have the expectation too high early on and and I think the rest of us expected too much but you got 18 games in now it's a different team than the team that started the season and as we saw a far different team than the team that got blown off the field by the Saints in week nine after losing both games in the regular season they, they win the one that matters no they won the one that matters that's right it, we saw you said it the potential all year I, I know we sat here the Monday, or was it the Tuesday after the the Bucks and Raiders played, and we went, the Bucks can win the Super Bowl. We sat here and said this team, when they're playing at their best, matches up with anybody. And they had just beat the Raiders and blown out the Packers a week before that. And yeah, they went through a lull in the middle of the year where they kind of lost their way or weren't quite figuring out how they wanted to play and package their offense and do those things. But since the bye week. It's been nothing but one great offensive performance after another. The defense has been really damn good. And, you know, last night they show a little versatility on the offensive side of the ball, winning the winning the game that way in a different way. Defense, running the football that way. Mike, I still – I can't get over Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. I really can't. You know, they're, they're famous for wanting to be aggressive and throw the football. And they really played a game in where they went, you know, like – we don't trust our pass game. We're we're not going to let them get strip sack fumbles and pressure Brady or make him feel pressure and throw a bad throw down the field into coverage like he did in the first two games. They they played a totally different style. I didn't know if they were willing to sacrifice that to, to win the game. I really didn't. And that's where, I mean, I really give Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich a lot of credit for playing the complete football game as a team and saying this is the way we need to win as a team and they went out there and did that. And that was that to me was amazing that Arians had that in him. And you mentioned Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Yeah. He has not been interviewed Why? by anyone. How does like Kellen cycle? Winslow get interviewed and Byron Leftwich does no one talks to him, right? I, I mean well, Kellen Moore, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say Kellen Winslow. It's like nobody yeah, talks to reason. him. Okay. Nobody's talking to him. No, there's a reason why well, we got lots of reasons. There's a, there's a reason. There's a reason why he's not available to be interviewed, and he never got into coaching. But uh, yeah, Leftwich, the Eagles reportedly are going to talk to Todd Bowles. If you're going to talk to Todd Bowles, talk to Byron Leftwich. You need somebody to fix your quarterback situation. And look at what Leftwich has done so yeah. far in his career. And he's a guy that that Bruce Arians has been grooming. The Texans. As they, and we're going to talk about that coming up in the show. As they try to fix this thing with Deshaun Watson, it would just—I don't think it would hurt. It's not going to make it any worse if you take a look at Byron Leftwich. Yeah. But uh, the, the Buccaneers are getting it done. And you know, one of the one of the things that that uh, we wrote going into the weekend—the idea that the Saints had beaten the Buccaneers twice—and it is actually easier to win the third game than to lose the third game. And Bill Parcells used to say the team that lost both times thinks it can win the third game. The team that won both times knows it can win the third game. And that's relevant to Sunday because the Buccaneers and the Packers met once. Right. And it was a 38 to 10 shellacking. The yeah. Buccaneers know they can beat the Packers. Now in Green Bay in January, in the snow, right? Maybe a different vibe, right? But but Chris, that th that that's that's an advantage that the Packers are going to have to overcome. No, no doubt. I mean, they're going to have, but you know, they'll have the fear factor on their side this week, where like, whoa, this team beat us. We better get on our stuff this week, and you know, dot our eyes and cross our t's and do all that. You know, and then hey, they'll be able to point at the Bucks and just go, listen, 
this team got blown out by the Saints at the end of this, or, you know, a little past the midway point of the year. They continued to improve as a football team, and then they went to the Saints and beat their butt in their stadium. The Packers could say the same thing to their football team, Matt LaFleur. He could sit there and go, we're not the same team that went to Tampa. We're a totally different team now. We're tougher on defense. We're more physical. Our run game is borderline unstoppable. So this is going to be amazing. It's going to be the battle of wills, Brady, determination, Mr. Johnny Cool, calm clutch. And then Aaron Rodgers, who, crap, he just wants to, you know, get to another Super Bowl. Just get there. He's got the pressure of trying to add on to his legacy and stop Brady from just piling on to his legacy. And, you know, in this matchup, I, I think, you know, Rodgers will feel more of the pressure in this than Brady because of that aspect. Yeah, and look at that. Tom Brady, 14 conference championships, starts twice as many as Joe Montana, who's in second place with seven. We never saw Brady and Rodgers in a Super Bowl. We always thought we would. They were yeah. one year apart. It was 45 for Rodgers, 46 for Brady. Well, the damn onside kick in Seattle, we would have had it. But, you know. They, yeah, that's you true. Know, that, that we had it. We were so close. The the uh, the but still it it's as big of a game as it gets without getting to the Super Bowl and the winner is going to be facing either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Chad Henney. We'll talk about that again coming up. Let's flip it over though to the Saints and let's give some yeah. appreciation for Drew Brees because by all appearances it was his last game. Jay Glazer of Fox reported before the game and Glazer has a very solid pipeline into the Saints organization that it is Drew Brees final game and when Sean Payton says in his press conference after the game when he's asked about Brees that's a subject for another press conference that means he's done folks you don't Pretty have much. a press conference to say you're not done you have the press conference to say it's over Brees was more vanilla but yeah, it's, it's done. He lingered out on the field for an hour after the game. There he is with Tom Brady. He's playing with his kids. And I think he went, even went back out after the media portion of his evening oh, was look over. Look at that. Brady's just throwing stayed balls as long to his as they kids. Could. That, that is really cool that, a, that Brady's – I mean, that's as cool as it gets right there. Sorry. Good throw, good coverage, it good was. catch. It was. it was just like the Traquan Smith touchdown. And let me tell you, the the second one, the Traquan Smith touchdown that put the Saints up 20 to 13 was a great, great throw by Breeze. There wasn't much of an opening. He put it there. And that's I, th that's what the Buccaneers had to overcome. You're in the Superdome on their turf. They drive down the field. Yeah. They go up seven. The clock is starting to move toward that period of we don't got a whole lot of time left, and and they stiffened, and it was the defense. The, the, the side of the ball that you wouldn't expect on a Tom Brady team to stiffen and 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 deliver the turning point, and, and Brady just took it from there. It, yeah. I, I, but, 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 but back to Breeze. First Battle Hall of Famer without question. There was a time a few years ago where people were like, I don't know if he's the first Battle Hall of Famer. Of course he is. The question is, where is he? In the, in the pantheon of all-time great quarterbacks. I, you may disagree with me. I have him in the top 10 at least, maybe the top seven. I don't know about the top five. I, I used to think maybe top five. I don't know. You got to sit down and make the whole list. It's hard to do it in a vacuum. You yeah. need to start listing names. Right. But one of the all-time great NFL Definitely. careers and, and, and overcoming the obstacle. They mentioned on the broadcast last night, none of the schools in his home state of Texas wanted him because he had to stand on his yeah. tippy toes to get to six feet. Yeah, no, I, re I mean, I remember I was at Texas not long after, you know, his, he's still playing college football when I was at Texas. People were talking about that constantly down there. We let somebody in from Austin, Westlake. They let him out of town, you know, yeah, because they didn't think he was capable of playing at the University of Texas, which they obviously were wrong. Like, amazing career. You're right. First ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, one of the most accurate passers we've ever seen in the sport everything he did, the way he's handled himself, oh, it's, it's all through the roof. I mean, it really is. And, you know, it's a shame that it has to end this way, but this is the way it ends for most, for most great fo football players other than, you know, a handful in the history of the sport. But, you know, what we saw last night is, is why the career has to end a little bit too, though. You know, it's just when the game got down by 10 points and the way Tampa was playing, you kind of just knew, like, there was no way they were going to come back. You could tell that Tampa could run with, you know, the Saints receivers to a degree, and they weren't worried about having to run with them down the field for any explosive-type patterns or routes or things that way. And that's ultimately what's hurt Breeze over the last few years is that aspect. But, 
man, leadership, you know, toughness, the ability to play the game. I mean, it, it's all through the roof. And like you said, definite first ballot Hall of Famer. And when you consider the fact that he was tied to Sean Payton as long as he was, because the, the, look, the results were mixed early in the career. First, he had to overcome Doug Flutie. Then it was his job. Then they draft Phillip Rivers, which means they're done with Drew Brees eventually. Yeah. He has the horrible shoulder injury in his final regular season game of the 2005 season in San Diego at the time. Then, you know, there's the whole question, what are the Dolphins going to do? They take Dante Culpepper with the wrecked knee instead of Drew Brees. Brees lands in New Orleans, and, and, and that's when it all just explodes, and that's the benefit. And we're going to talk presumably coming up about some of these coaching decisions. But, Chris, I'm, I'm on the record. It's well-established. You tie a quarterback to a head coach who can be his guy. He can be his Sean Payton for 15 years. Sure. That helped Drew Brees tremendously. You know, Brees never got back to a Super Bowl. Rodgers is trying to get back to a Super Bowl. There are fundamental differences between the two passers. The two from, from, but, but having Sean Payton... The benefit of Peyton's brain for the past 15 years is one of the reasons why Breeze is one of the all-time greats. It's one yeah. of the big reasons. No. I don't want to take anything away from Breeze, no. but it's that combination. And and that helped Breeze get to where he is. It's amazing. Well, every you know, I almost feel like every great quarterback for the most part's had some semblance of that. I know that's not all the way true through through and through. But hey, Sean Payton certainly, to me is more a part of that conversation than maybe any other quarterback coach combination in the history of the sport. Yeah. Peyton's amazing. He's as creative as we've ever seen in the sport. He's as smart as we've ever seen anything like that. And I think that also, yeah, to a degree will have people question how great Drew Brees is because people know how awesome Sean Payton is. So that detracts a little bit, you know, from him, sure. Just like people will do that with Brady and Belichick. But, you know, Brady, of course, is going to silence some of that right now with what's going on. So, but but that's that that's common nature. Either way, they're synonymous with unbelievable passing, attacking, cutting edge offense that we've never seen before. And it was special. It's crazy that it only really resulted into one Super Bowl appearance, but still, it was awesome and it was special, that's for sure. And you've gotten the sense the past few years that Sean Payton is ready to move on to someone who yeah. can get the ball down the field. And and the play that first gave the Saints a lift was that borrowing, exactly. copying, right. stealing of the Bears play that didn't work because Javon Wims didn't catch the ball. But it was Jameis Winston who came into the game, split wide to the right, got the ball eventually, threw to a wide open Traquan Smith down the field. And and uh, that that's the thing last night that that I think really helps us get to the conclusion Definitely. that Sean Payton's Sean Payton's ready for the new challenge and also the new opportunity, whether it's Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill or both to get the ball down the football field, because Drew Brees just hasn't been able to do it the past few years. No. Not that he ever was a guy who would rock it at 70 yards, but he can uh, scare you. The, it makes it makes the the accomplishments even more impressive that you know this isn't a guy with a giant Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes arm but he still was able to walk away with almost every record although Brady's eventually going to have him because we know he's going to keep going and yeah. he'll have the yardage record and he'll have right. the touchdown record and he'll have all the records by the time he's done Chris the league's changed you know it, it, you know it's not the NFL from 10 years ago where you know the dink and dunk and the wide receiver screens and everything like that you know you could be really successful and really not have to make big plays that way. That's the Seattle scheme. The Seattle defense changed that. The eight guys at the line of scrimmage, they took away all those short passes, and everything's changed ever since then. And the game now is, you know, you've heard me say this over the last few weeks, it's about homers and strikeouts. It's about big plays. And what we've seen from the Saints with Breeze here the last few years, they become a team that's got to hit a lot of singles to win the game. Single, 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 single. And it's just too hard to do that in playoff football. You know, their inability to create big plays or take pressure off the offense the last few years has been their biggest problem. Yeah, their last three playoff losses, I mean, you could certainly sit here and argue and go, no, they were the better team on the field all three games. They were the better team. They just did not capitalize, did not play their best, did not make big plays to ever flip the field or take pressure off their team that way. 
And that's unfortunate. It really is. But, yeah, I mean, you could really say really the last four playoff losses, even in Minnesota, I could sit there and argue, ah, I think the Saints were the better team on the field that day. They just, you know, didn't make the plays to win the football game, especially with the Minnesota Miracle and all that. This is a scaled-down version of what the Bills did from 90 to 93. The Bills yeah. losing the Super Bowl and getting back to the Super Bowl every single year. The Saints losing in heartbreaking fashion each of the first three times they're in the playoffs, getting back every year, and they're the first team ever to win 49 games, most wins over a four-year span without getting to a Super Bowl. Wow. That's a testament to their ability to reset and begin the climb again out of what Dennis Green called the Valley of Zero and Zero, and they're going to do it next year without Drew Brees. Another guy that that they may be doing it without is Michael Thomas, who had zero catches. And I saw something on Twitter last night, and if he tweeted it, he deleted it. Someone posted a screenshot of him retweeting one of Deshaun Watson's recent salty tweets. I think it was the one where he says, I was on two, now I'm on 10. And it was retweeted based upon the image I saw by Michael Thomas with same uh, as the message. So, you know, there's been this lingering sense of dysfunction and disharmony. And, and, you know, somebody pointed out to me last week, I don't know where I saw it, and I wish I remembered so I could give the person the proper credit now that Urban Meyer's in the NFL, it could be that Michael Thomas wants to make a beeline to Jacksonville because Meyer was his coach and the guy who recruited him to Ohio State. So that's something to keep an eye on. Now that, now that Urban Meyer's in, there's going to be some – and there's like 57 Ohio State guys currently in the NFL. Some of those guys may want to try to get to Jacksonville one way or the other. All right, let's take a break. We're going to flip it around to the earlier game on Sunday. The Browns gave the Chiefs everything they could handle thanks to the fact that the Chiefs had to play much of the second half without Patrick Mahomes. We'll break down the Browns-Chiefs divisional game right after this on Pro Football Talk. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Yeah, he's actually doing very well. I mean, I just talked to him, and he's uh, he's doing good. Um, I mean, we'll see how he is tomorrow, but I mean, right now he, he's uh, he's feeling good. It's a little different when uh, when your quarterback goes down, or um, somebody that's so you know important to the offense or to the team, um, like Pat is to this team. I don't think hashtag uh, any given Sunday or Sunday or any given possible is going to show up on LinkedIn, but. Um, no, um, it's great for him to have confidence. Just like I said before, the, once I got in that, hu- that huddle, everybody had confidence in me. Man, they they popped Chad Henney up there, and I'm thinking they made assistant coaches available after the game yesterday. I mean, Chad Henney's 35, uh, and uh, yeah. he, he had to come in. And he had to come in, and, and he had to he had to deliver. Whoa! Uh, let's let's start with Patrick Mahomes though, because. Clearly in the concussion protocol, that was never going to be a doubt. There's no way he was getting back in the game after he struggled to get off the ground on a play where I've watched it 10 times. I still don't see right. 
the type of blow to the head I know. that would concuss someone. Right. There wasn't helmet Crazy. to helmet. Right. It didn't look like he landed forcibly on the ground with his helmet. I don't even think it his head like hit he the got ground. It I it's think, almost like yeah. it was almost like induced by a blow to the neck. I agree. Thank you. Right, right. We were texting about this yesterday during the game, right? I mean, you know, of course we both love Mahomes, but I'm with you. It just again, I mean, he obviously was concussed, but it was very odd because you were just like, wait, I don't know where he really got hit in the head or, you know, of course, when you see a guy stand up and go wobbly and their knee go to like rubber, you know, that's usually see a, a really forcible big time shot to the head. And and that that's where it was odd to me, too. And like you said, I don't think his head even ever touched the ground because if you watch the replay, I went back in DVR the ball was like tucked underneath his chin and it actually like never even got to the ground his head. I think I don't even think it hit the ground. So I'm with you. I think it might have been like that left arm of the defender in his neck area. And that, that was scary. It really was to see a quarterback out of it like that. Yeah, I mean, you rarely see that kind of wobbly right. from a player, much less a star quarterback. And it was obvious at that point he's not coming back into the game. And then he was already dealing with the toe injury oh. on his left foot. You could see the way he was running and walking and moving on it. He was twisting it to the inside to put more of the weight on the rest of his foot and not on his big toe. So between the concussion and the toe, and now we've got six days to Sunday, that, that that's an issue. And I had people texting me last night saying we're going to see, you know, the, the true test of the integrity of the NFL's concussion policy if he plays on Sunday. Well, you know what? When they first started with this hypersensitivity and justifiable hypersensitivity to concussions 11, 12 years ago, there was kind of a presumption that if you got a concussion, you missed a game. Then at some point it shifted to – a lot of these guys, if not most of these guys, if not the vast majority, make it back the following week. I'm not going to be surprised if he's cleared by what? Sunday. I'll be I'm not shocked be surprised if he's not. At all. Yes. Yeah. The issue is that toe. Let's not underestimate that toe. And it could be that getting out of the game when he did kept the toe from getting worse than it otherwise would have been. In a weird sort of way, that may promote his ability to play and be closer to 100% next week, the fact that he was able to get off that toe and quit doing possible more damage to it. Well, first off on the concussion, the way that it's gotten, I wasn't so sure we might not see him the last drive or two of the game. I don't know. I really didn't. I mean, we've seen guys be a little wobbly this year and come back the next series and stuff. So you don't know. And a lot of the time, I mean, again, he did have some wits with him. He was tweeting at the end of the football game, you know, and so I, I didn't know where that was going to go. I didn't expect him to be back. You're right, though. The toe is an issue. I mean, that is a pain in the butt type of injury right there. It, I don't know how other way, way to explain it, but it's one of those things where walking, running, anytime you cut, push off of it, anything like that, even though it's just a toe and you want to be like, hey, man, suck it up. It's just your toe. No, it is extremely painful. It led to Deion Sanders retiring. I mean, that's how delicate this situation could be. I do think, though, just like we saw, the fact that it's his left foot will be – it'll make him okay. It's going to hurt his mobility. He's not going to be able to run around. But we saw, you know, other than a throw, two throws to the left, you know, he'll be able to sit back on that right leg – and just twist off it, and I don't think it's going to affect his throwing, but it will affect his mobility if he is able to play, which I expect him to, and I expect him to, to clear concussion protocol. This is a guy we've seen throw the ball effectively with two feet on the ground, one right. foot on the ground, no feet on the ground. So I'm not concerned about the throwing. No. I'm just concerned about what, what the impaired mobility can do to his broader game. Right. Remember last year it was in the AFC Championship game. One of the key plays wasn't his throwing it was that run through and around and between the Titans defenders who were just kind of standing there looking around at each other as he ran to the end zone you take that away from Patrick Mahomes and you got a problem and look he's always been very good at protecting himself when he runs I don't know was the thinking about the toe did that make him less able to protect himself against the hit I think you can anytime you get tackled that that's what makes the concussion so bizarre it just looked like a routine tackle that's right anytime you get tackled you could end up with a concussion 
Um, it, it's 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 just it's just unfortunate it occurred in that spot. Oh, and please, Chad Henney just came be in back. And he got it done. He came in, and hey, I I I'm not going to go to sleep on Chad Henney. He had the horrible interception, but you know, games on the line. Not, I mean, they're trying to keep the they're trying to keep the it's Browns on the line, ball though. back. Yeah, it's on the line. I mean, yeah. they they op- would have opened the door for the Browns to possibly do something. They go for it on fourth down, and uh, Chad Henney makes the throw. And yeah, he didn't have to throw it 25 yards down the field in a keyhole, but he still made the throw in that moment. He didn't gack. He didn't throw it into the ground. He didn't sail it over Tyreek Hill's head. He made the throw, and they got the first down. So. You know, Henny's been around. He's the guy that would have been the backup last year when Mahomes got injured and missed a couple of games. It was Matt Moore instead, but Henny was on the injured reserve list, so they believe in him. He knows the offense, and if if they have to get it done without Patrick Mahomes, we've seen in the past that they can. Right? They 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 beat the did they beat the Packers? They almost did. They beat your Vikings. They beat your Vikings and almost beat the Packers. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. No problem. But uh, but, that's one of my favorite Jim Harbaugh quotes. (laughs) Thanks for pointing that out. No problem. Thanks for bringing that up. Long story. I think I've told it before, but let's keep let's stay focused. Tell your dad I said hello. Yeah, I will. Let's focus. Screw screw you, Jim. (laughs) See you later. Um, Um, Let's hear. Let's hear. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say something, and then we'll hear from Andy Reid on going for it on that fourth well I, I i mean i just wanted to say like you know what you're saying about henny you know just everything it's the overlooked aspect of the kansas city chiefs football team sexy air show highlights awesome no look passes it's all amazing but their toughness their toughness and their physicality and their grit won the game yesterday and they continue to show that even though as much as we always talk about oh i don't know how great their defense is Oh, it, it's just again. Oh, we gotta stop the Browns run game. All right, we'll we'll slow it down. No problem. We got big guys. We got dudes to do that. I'm just always amazed by that. Oh, we gotta run the ball. Patrick Mahomes is out. We gotta run the ball against this defense. No problem. We'll run it. We'll start running it. That to me, where it just Andy Reid, it just that's him right there. And I gotta give him credit. And now let's let's hear from him. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here's Andy Reid rolling the dice to ice the game uh, late in the fourth quarter. I just looked at EB and. Um, asked him, you ready to roll? And he goes, absolutely. Uh, Mike Kafka, you ready to roll? Let's go. Um, Joe upstairs. And Joe was talking about it before we ever got there. And um, and so there was a chance that we, you know, we didn't think it'd be with Chad running. But, you know, there's a, ch- there's a chance where short yardage coach, you got to make a decision. And so, um, but there, there was no doubt with anybody. That's the confidence. That's the swagger. That's the spirit that you have when you're the defending champions and you just believe in everything that you do. And that's important because, you know, Chris, when the Browns had the ball and they're down, but it's a one score game and they're they were starting to drive and they just were kind of plodding and just kind of taking their time like they're putting all eggs in this drive. They convert a fourth down along the way. And then they get to a fourth and nine and they punt. And that that just was strange to me because the way you were executing the drive, it was almost like we're putting everything on this drive. So that means you got to go for it on fourth down when you're behaving that way because you, you chewed up so much of the clock early in the drive. You go from eight minutes, right? Eight minutes to 419 yeah. before you punt. Right. When you chew up that much time to get to – fourth and nine on look at this they they burned almost four minutes to go 12 freaking yards what in the world chris well you know they they had been driving the ball they just went 18 plays for on an, on an eight minute drive for a touchdown so th- this is the way they were playing the game at that point and i think with them punting the ball there i mean i understand that you know, they, they, it's fourth and nine. That's far. You're backed up. They don't want to make it a touchdown and we got to score a two-point conversion football game. It's Chad Henney and the Chiefs. They figure, wait, we could stop them and get the ball back and drive down once again. They'd been really moving the ball pretty consistently, you know, ever since the end of the second quarter. Um, so I, I understand that decision. I don't think that's crazy. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I know they're analytics crowd, and people are going to say there's, you know, that's wrong and things like that. But I, I don't agree with that. I, I think that it is perfectly fine to punt the ball in that situation with Chad Henney at quarterback, 
having just thrown a dumb interception and showing no life on the offensive side of the ball at all, really, for the most part. But why aren't you showing greater urgency then during that drive? If your strategy from a broader standpoint is if we have to punt back to Chad Henney, we will. Why are you chewing up so much time to move 12 yards and then punt when you're acting like we're treating this with eight minutes left as the final drive of the game? That's what confuses me. To help me understand it and you and anyone else who may be watching, here's Kevin Stefanski the Browns head coach, explaining uh, a couple of controversial decisions he made in the fourth quarter. Yeah, all those decisions, Scott, that, that's on me. Uh, so uh, I, sh- I should have been better there. Um, and, and, you you know, there's there's a cost to those when you do lose those because uh, you lose a, a timeout. So that's on me. And then you took you had to take one, I think, on a third down. Um, just didn't like the setup before you had to take it? I know we took one on a first down there late, was it? which yeah. Yeah, I get miscommunication. So uh, unfortunate, and that ultimately is, is on me. It's on me for not setting that up better. He was talking about a timeout that was burned on a challenge early in the fourth quarter that probably shouldn't have been challenged, and then a timeout that they took later in the in the game. And, and those two timeouts would have come in handy when they were trying to keep the Chiefs from – milking the rest of the clock uh, and uh, and getting in position to do exactly what they did, ice the game and win by five. It's amazing to see that score 22 to 17. And, and th- there was a while there where I thought, holy crap, the Browns are going to win this game. The, Br- the Browns sure. are going to win. After the interception yeah. to a wide-open Carl Joseph in the end zone, so wide open that maybe Chad Henney thought he was playing for the Browns that day. But I- at that moment, I thought, Oh, my God, the Browns are going to win this game. And uh, then it all fell apart for them. Fell apart. Defense showed up in Kansas City like we've seen it do. You know, we talk about Mahomes and everybody. We don't, you know, Kansas City and Chris Jones and company stopped Derrick Henry. Kansas City and company were down by 10, stopped Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers when we need to. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is out and on cloud nine. No problem. We'll stop. We'll step up. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield, who have been good, will slow him down. I mean, that that to me, you know, was amazing. Even on the drive, I don't even care on that 18-play touchdown drive. That still was a great drive. I mean, that was a great defensive drive. It was just a great offensive drive, too. Baker Mayfield was phenomenal. He made some unreal throws in the game. Again, stats don't really tell how well he played that football game. And, you know, the game as close as it was, awesome to watch. Glad Kansas City won. Because as the game went on, I found myself rooting for Kansas City because it was apparent to me they were the better team. When there's a healthy Patrick Mahomes, they were the better team. And I'm sorry, everybody out there, I want to always see the better teams win in advance because it means better games this weekend, and I can't wait, and then a better Super Bowl for all of that. But as close as that game was, we know we'll be talking about North Korea and the fumble in the end zone at the end of the second quarter. Boom, because that was a big point, and that was a big argument for you hey, and me on text hey, yesterday. And and we're going to talk about that coming up, but you're right. The better team won because when it looked like the Browns were going to win yesterday in the fourth quarter, my next thought was, holy crap, the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? Right. But now we don't know. Bills no. or Chiefs, it's up in the air on Sunday. All right, we're going to talk about the moment from the first half that could have cut the score from 16 to 3 to 16 to 10. Instead, it ended up 19 to 3. The the fumble at the pylon, the worst rule in football. Chris apparently likes bad best rules. rule I we'll know. Just next on very consistent. I love that rule. All right, the moment in the first half, Rashard Higgins exerting maximum effort to try to put the ball into the end zone. Now, it's a different issue altogether that he took an illegal hit from Daniel Sorensen. All right, wait, wait. Let's just start right there. How are we ever supposed to make that tackle then? Are we just going to give up now and just let people dive in the end zone? I'd I'd like we see, we see guys do it, though. Yeah, His his head's still going to hit. His head's in front of his shoulders. His head's still going to hit. His head's going to hit every time. There's no way you can dive and touch you know your what? shoulder, don't, and there's no way. So then we have get, to stop don't, playing football. Don't get, don't get, don't get beat. Then don't get beat. He wasn't don't beat. Get beat. That was he was pursuing you have to somebody go else. In submarine. 
Yeah, but he had to go in submarine first. That right. should have been called though. Under a rule that gets it's like it's like It a, should never be random, called. It's the dumbest rule ever generator. if they call that. I will quit watching football if they start calling that. No, you won't. Yeah, no. I will. They called it. They called it in the second game. Did you quit watching Buccaneers Saints? When they, they called somebody it? was diving in the end zone and that happened? No, no, but lowering the head lowering the head to make contact with the helmet. It was a very, very bad call. It gave yeah. the Saints half the distance to the goal early in the game as they were trying to score a touchdown. There was a grazing of the helmet. Right. I mean, you have to lower the helmet and initiate contact. It was lowering the helmet, and it was like a grazing of the side. Yeah, it the, never should have been called. For the guy to get lower, think, the helmet has got to go lower. I mean, it's we're, I, we're asking humans to, like, rip their heads I, off and remove them right. from situations. I'm not getting mad at you. I just don't I understand regret, it. I agree with you. I regret bringing it up because it's less time that I can put you in a locker. Go ahead. Start the next one and your stupid idea. (laughs) No, I just, I've always hated it from the first time I became aware of it. The idea, and we've argued about this before. If he had fumbled the ball while reaching for the goal line and it had gone out of bounds at the one inch line without touching the pylon, it would have been Cleveland ball at the spot of the right. fumble. That's the field Why of does play. That change because it hits the pylon. The end zone's part of the field. No, I it's don't not. like it. It's, I don't get it's it. It's a it's, team defending it and it's their territory. Hence why you get six points when you take the ball over it. It's all their territory. No, it's not. It's the territory, territory. It's not. It's nobody's territory. It's the field to play and everybody is fighting for the territory. There's the only one. Side, we never there's only 10 yards that it's your territory. That's only a no. definition to no. explain what side of the ball you're on, the, the field you're on. Uh, it's you're on uh, the chief side of the field, the brown side of the field. You lost the ball in their area. Why would they give you the ball back where you fumble? Oh, here you go. That's like the most millennial recover it. crap no, ever. No, it's not. That, it is. Shut up about that. That's horrible. No, don't call me millennial when everybody has called that, you That's what it is. I, well, we fumbled, recover but we want the, the ball. ball back. We fumbled and we want it back. Give it to us right there. Uh, but that's how it happens anywhere else. That's what makes it's no not sense. anywhere else. It's you the have end to zone. The ball. It's the end zone. It's not anywhere else. It's not. Why do you any- get it on the twenty? It's c- why do you get it on the twenty? Because just the way you get a touchback, or somebody punts the ball in the end zone, or somebody misses the field goal, then it goes out of bounds. You get the ball, the touchback. That's how it works. It's the, called the sport. It's called rules. It's the way what it was laid out. What can I use and not get fired? I know I can't give you the finger. No, I know. There's Italian gestures. I'd like, can I do that? Is that permissible Listen, right now? Maybe if you want to <laughs> argue that maybe the uh, the team that the team shouldn't get the ball at the 20-yard hey, line, like a touchback, what, what fine. About, what, what, about, what about last night when the Bucks are returning with their defense, a pick six, and, and the, the guy stepped out of bounds at the three? What if he had fumbled through the end zone then? It's the defense. That's not the offense. Doesn't the matter. The offense would have gotten the ball back. It, it, do, it, it doesn't matter. It's still the Saints are defending that end zone from a team scoring in there. It's still the same thing, even though, yes, they were on offense. Now the ball possession has been changed, and they're stopping them from there. You didn't give me a very good argument, counselor. You lost. All 12 jurors have said time. Sims we won. We didn't have enough time. Sorry. To whine Go about back to the, law the helmet roll. Winner. We'll be right back. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.